0: Today we want to talk about the host of God, something that God has just been building in me since December and as I've been sharing about in the book of Revelation and some things I feel like God is born in, into in part and raised up in this church and the vision of this church as it's making a shift in a special area. I love this picture as I saw it, There was things that started going off in the inside of me and I started praying and meditating and studying on Mary. One of the things that I saw about Mary Magdalene and how she had this heart to anoint the feet of Jesus. As you study, it, you find out that Jesus went through Jerusalem riding a donkey which were the represented Samuel years ago, Solomon that is years ago riding a donkey through Jerusalem to be anointed as king. And Jesus was hailed and he was applauded and he was worshipped as king and hailed Hosanna to the king as he rode on that little donkey through Jerusalem. But at the end, Solomon was anointed as king, but Jesus was not. There was no one there to anoint him. But he went into the house where he was anointed and Jesus said that she has anointed me for my burial but that that anointing wasn't only about being uh, anointed with just cheap anointing oil it was also known for the anointing was the same as crowning someone as king to the Israelites and when she anointed his feet she was crowning him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings she was decreeing before him by pouring that expensive perfume upon him that I am crowning you my Lord and my Savior and even though no one else had anointed his feet I want to share something with you Jesus loves to get his feet anointed and one of the things that's stirring up with me As we get into this today, and I give you scriptures And we get in the word, Jesus Many times can come through central Louisiana And I know a lot of times people are going Hail Hosanna, and King King of Kings And Lord of Lords, and there's a lot of Praising going on, but one of the things that touched Me, was He can be praised a whole lot But how many times is Jesus' Feet being anointed with oil When He comes into our churches, when He comes Into our homes, when He comes around our lives The thing about it is, is that I just don't Want to praise Him as my Lord, I want to fall at his feet and I want to anoint his feet I want to declare his lordship I want to crown him with oil once again as king of kings and lord of lords and the thing about that anointing oil Proverbs talks about in many other places is that they would anoint him with oil with this perfume that she used that was like two or three years wages and then he would smell this fragrance and wherever he would go they would pour this oil upon the king so that they could smell the king before the king would appear They were already preparing because they knew the king was coming. They knew the king was coming before they could even see him. Well, I want to encourage you today. When we come to this place of worship and at our homes, even before you feel him and even before you see him, there's a fragrance that wants to come into this place to represent and let you know that Jesus is in our midst. He says, where two or three are in my midst, I'm going to be there right in the midst of them. And so there's the importance of anointing him. Because this is the thing. When I looked at this picture, it reminded me of a song by Leland. Leland sung this song about uh, who's I am. and he, he sang, they, they sing this part about, you stole my heart. Yes, you did. You stole my heart. And when I saw this woman, I showed Jake, I wanted this picture for the PowerPoint. It reminded me of that, that worship is Jesus stealing our heart. And I feel that we're not going to be able to get into the level of worship and praise and walking with Christ as we're supposed to until we allow Jesus to steal our hearts. Jesus has to steal our hearts. It's not enough just to say, I'm a Christian. And I'll give you an example of this. How many of you know, you hear all the time, long-distance relationships don't work? Well, I want to tell you today that long-distance relationships with Jesus does not work. I'm going to give you an example. A bunch of you kids today, y'all got it so made, especially dating. Y'all can text each other. You can email each other. You can Skype each other. You can uh, Facebook each other. You can call each other on your own phones at any time. You can send pictures to each other. You got all that capability. But back in my wife's and I day, we had one telephone in the house with a long cord and it was in the living room. And I had a strict daddy and we could only talk three times a day for 15 minutes. And so the thing about it is, I, had, I could talk to Cindy three times a day for 15 minutes, but it was in the living room, and there's mom and dad. And I remember at times when I'd be calling her, she had the same time limit, and I could tell when she got quiet, and I would go, Is somebody around? Uh-huh. I said, Okay, well, let me know when they're gone, and then I'd have to do most of the talking because all she can do is, Uh-huh, because mom and daddy stand. How many of you remember them days, huh? A few of y'all remember those days? But you see, we didn't have Skype and all that other stuff. All we had was those loan card telephones that you had to stay right there and talk. But we, you, if you read our love letters, and we got, I read a few last week, and we have a whole box of them, we were always talking about, isn't it going to be great when we don't have to say goodbye anymore? Is it going to be great when we're not going to be confined to 15 minutes of phone call? Is it going to be great when we're going to be able to talk and visit and be together all the time? And by not having all the things that many of the kids have today, it made us appreciate the little bit of time we did have. But one of the things that I can tell you that over 31 years ago, but it's going to be 29 years we're married this June, I'm telling you something. Talking on the telephone, just don't cut it. Detecting, just don't cut it. I didn't get married because I wanted to text my wife, Skype my wife, email my wife. I don't want to sit in the living room and text her because we don't want to talk to each other or just because that's the thing to do. I wanted to get married so that it goes from talking on the phone to seeing each other, touching each other, seeing her response, her seeing my response. I wanted more intimacy than talking on a telephone. And that's why we got to get into this area of worship. It's got to go beyond, Father, I need help, Father, I need a healing, Father, I need a job. Father, I need my marriage healed. Father, I need this. Father, I need that. We treat God like He's got a text and He's on a fast dial, and we press three, and God's gonna answer. 911, and God's gonna answer. But He's saying, I created you in my image for more than just calling me when you're in a need. I've created you to live in intimacy with me. i created you to better worship me. i created you to live within me. I didn't want my wife just to be around once in a while. I wanted an atmosphere of my wife. I wanted to see where she pulled her hair back. I wanted to see her neck. I wanted to see those lips I wanted to be around her I wanted to be able to touch her I wanted to chase her and I wanted her to chase me I got tired of those three years of talking on the telephone I got tired of looking at her picture I got tired of just hearing her voice I wanted a lot more and when it got to another level it was greater than the phone I can tell you that well if you get to another level with God you'll go from just having a relationship that I'll call you when I need you I see you when I'm permitted it gets into an atmosphere where we're in a presence of an abiding, indwelling, almighty, all-powerful, oh all-loving, oh all-merciful, oh all oh graceful God. There is more. There is more. There is more. Isaiah said, I saw the glory. I saw the Lord upon His throne, and His glory filled the temple. Do you know what that means in Hebrew? That means not all of God could get on the throne. Because you see, there's just more and more of God that keeps coming. When Isaiah saw the Lord It just wasn't that God was there And he saw all the glory When he talked about the train He talked about the glory And when he saw the Lord He saw the Lord And he saw the beginning of some glory But the more it went The more glory he saw And the longer it went The more glory he saw And the more it went The more glory it saw And we read in the book of Revelation That the 24 elders And the animals and the beasts They fall down before God And cry holy And the elders before the Lamb Upon the throne Takes their crowns off And they throw their crowns down But they, because they see something new, some more glory. And then they get their crowns, put them back on. But then all of a sudden, something new. And they throw their crowns again. There's more glory. There's more glory. There's more presence. There's more atmosphere. There's more of God. There is nothing limitating God but us. God cannot be limited in the atmosphere, in His presence. Yes, I want to stir you up about more hunger for God. Yes, I want to stir you up that there is more. There is more. There is more. Somebody shout out, there is more. There is more than what we've ever seen. But he wants to steal your hearts. He wants to steal your heart. He wants to steal your heart. My heart is stolen. I'm in love with a king. I'm in love with the Savior. My heart is stolen. Well, won't you come and do this? No, I'm in love with another. Well, won't you give yourself to this? Oh, no, my body belongs to another. Well, won't you go here? Won't you go there? Oh no, I belong to another. And I want to show you in the Word today. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, it says. He's seen here. I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, he fell at an angel's feet. and He said to me, see that you do not do that. Don't worship me, said the angel. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. What does he say? He says, worship God. He says, what? What does he say? <laughs> Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, there is something that is happening, and there's something that has to happen, and there's an assignment that I want to share with you, because the spirit of Christ is prophecy. And there's Jesus, who is prophet, and the spirit of prophecy spoken to his church. And there's a, also a prophet as a gift given to the church, Chuck Pierce. We were with him in July of 2010. And he's been prophesying some very strong things about central Louisiana. And this is some of the things he prophesied while we were at, at LSU with Chuck Pierce and some other prophets. And you may say, you know what, I don't know what to believe about these prophets. Well, let me just say this. I've been knowing Brother Chuck a long time. And Brother Chuck from this church prophesied Katrina. And a year to the day that he was on this platform, Katrina hit Louisiana. He prophesied LSU was going to win because it had something to do with the state. If I was smart, I would have been a betting man. He prophesied the saints were going to win. He prophesied a lot of things that have come to pass. This is what he said. A big move of glory is going to fan through the middle of the state. Talking about Louisiana. The middle portion is going to have a glory visitation. When you see it happening, run to it. Not jealous over the middle getting it, but up there and take pots that you can take to fill them up and bring it back and pour it out, glory of God is going to invade the Ode. The move of God is going to intensify over the middle of, the, of Louisiana. I'm raising up a triumphant people in this state that are going to begin, going to begin. He said, going to begin to worship going to begin to release my sound until that which is controlling is d- and dividing this nation is under my right authority you watch my glory begin to come you watch my glory begin to wave you watch the north and how revelation comes down and you watch in the middle how I gird up with my glory he says, goes on to say for the Lord says that this will be the center of action in the days ahead how many are glad you're living in the middle of the state? this is the center of action in the days of head. I'm going to use this state in a way that no one could have thought this state would have been used. And this will co- become a center of action and the center of a glory movement. I say I'm going to rearrange and give my people an understanding of the glory. And in the midst of it, I'm going to break down curse words that had held this region captive. And I say I'm going to even cause the area begin to shift in a place of celebration. And I just, Tuesday night as we were praying, I just started getting a view that, listen, if we, could, if we could celebrate Mardi Gras as last and as strong and wild and crazy as us Louisianians do of course I don't do it but all them bunch of other people that celebrate Mardi Gras if you can celebrate Mardi Gras why in the heck can you not celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords If people can go and dress like a bunch of whores and dance on the street like a bunch of prostitutes and they're out there for a bunch of beats and they're acting like a bunch of lesbians and homosexuals and they're out there singing and loud and watching, I tell you what, I prophesy Tuesday night, it's time for a new type of procession to get raised up in Louisiana, it's time for a procession of the glory of the Lord, it's time for a procession of people who's gonna sing and shout for the praises and the glory of of the king and if you go to Mardi Gras and you mad at me I'm sorry talk to Jesus about it I was raised in Central Louisiana I was raised in the rice fields where they would come with a flatbed truck and they'd come to all the houses asking for rice and chickens and eggs and everything else and we were too scared not to give them the little bit we had And they all get together and they drunk. One fell off the uh, truck in front of our house, uh, fell on the covert and pulled all the skin off of his uh, leg to to the bone. And then mama had to load him up and bring the drunk guy home. Crazy. If we get crazy and wild for the devil, why can't we get wild and crazy for Jesus? Now you watch Mardi Gras, you know what you say? Boy, it looks like they're having fun, yeah. You come, you come to church and you see somebody raising their hand, hollering and shouting. You go, those are crazy people. You're supposed to act that way in church. Yes. There's going to be something different in here, up in here this morning. It's the sound of the redeemed. It's the sound of the Lord. It's the army of the Lord. Worship in spirit and in truth. A new new procession. Worship would go before the ark as John came before Christ. John came before Christ to prepare the way for the Messiah. Worship is going to prepare the way for the soon coming King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There's going to be a procession of glory and worship that's going to hit this area like never before. There's going to be new sound A new form of worship New type of, of excitement And celebration In the presence of God and it's going to be It's going to follow Like in the Ark of David Where they played the music And they danced before God And David was dancing Like a wild man and a, and a sister woman Was in the window Cutting him down And saying Look that fool Dancing like a devil Before the Ark of God And she just mocked David For getting free before God And all of a sudden David went home And his wife was mocking him And he says Go ahead and mock me But if you think I was crazy I'm getting ready Get crazier And if you think That me being in my Hanes Look bad I'm going to get even more Undignified than Hanes I'm going to come back And fruit of the loom Next time But I'm going to go ahead And dance and praise my King You go ahead and mock me You go ahead and ma- mock me You go ahead and call me stupid But I want to tell you Something else When the children of Israel Was walking around The walls of Jericho I imagine those heathen Would calling them stupid And crazy too I imagine they were Spitting and everything else Saying look at these fools Walking around They think they're going To pull down these walls Armies have not been able To pull down these walls And now all of a sudden You're going to walk around here and the walls going to fall by themselves you must be stupid but how many of you know what men call stupid God calls wise I remember another time can you imagine when Pharaoh can you imagine when Pharaoh was up against an old man who stuttered with a stick and there he was looking like a fool. And Pharaoh was just saying, you look like a fool. What you going to do with that stick? How are you going to make me let those people go? They're my slaves. What you going to do? And when they got to the Red Sea, don't you know Pharaoh and everybody say, look at them fools. They're up against the water. They're not going to be able to cross that. What, they're going to build a boat? What are they going to do? Kill them. Kill them all. Kill them all. And they might have called them stupid, but our God is God. And he says, just stand still and see the salvation of your God. And that's what happens when you become a people of praise and worship with the presence of God and God steals our heart. We may end up looking stupid, but Jesus got a smile on his face. Come on somebody, praise the Lord. Hosting the presence of the Lord. Just the other day Sister Lavelle came met me and I didn't tell her, but she set up an appointment came met me, showed me all her notes. We were talking about the Tabernacle of David and She didn't even know I was going to be mentioning it a little bit today. But I want you to see here in Acts chapter 15 verse 16. And after this, I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David. This is the book of Acts, which has fallen down. Worship has fallen down. They're they're, They're raising their branches at me, but they're not anointing my feet. Jesus always wanted to get his feet anointed. When he was at the rich man's house, he says, yeah, you're feeding me real good, but you didn't anoint my feet. It took somebody who stunk. To anoint my feet. And that's something else I want to tell you about. David was a man after God's own heart. David stunk because when Samuel went to anoint him, he had been living with the animals and he'd been living outside. Tell me your husband don't stink when he comes back from camping and fishing. You living outside in the woods, you got sheep. Stuff between your toes and everything else, and you've been hugging them animals, and you've been fighting bears, you've been fighting lions, you're going to have some smell to you. But I tell you what, he might have came stinking at the beginning, but when Samuel anointed him with oil, the oil took the stink away, and he went from a stinking shepherd from the woods to a king that was going to have the royalty come from his loins. So I want you to know, you may be stinking the smell of divorce, you may be stinking the smell of gloom, you may be stinking the smell of alcohol, you may be stinking to the smell of drugs You may be stinking the smell of porn You may be stinking the smell of adultery You might be sticking the smell of who knows what But I want you to know There is oil and wine in Zion There is anointing that is able to destroy the yoke And there is an anointing, anointing that can take the stink away And bring the fragrance of a most high God Ephesians says That he will anoint you To where you all of a sudden You will bring everywhere you go The fragrance of the God Who saved you, cleansed you, washed you and anointed you there's something about the tabernacle of David, David, whoo David's reign was not about David. David's reign was about hosting the presence of God. It was Tuesday night, the Spirit of God just kept telling me hosting, and that's why I, I went into this, hosting the presence of God. I love this scripture. He says, "I will return, and I will set up what was set down. I'm going to build it back up. He might have stunk, but I tell you what, one thing that Jesus said, listen to this. I stole his heart. That's why he's a man after my own heart. And if that boy will will save his sheep from a lion and a bear, I want that boy to be the king of my people. If you're willing to give your life for an animal, if you're willing to give your life for somebody in the hospital, somebody on the street, somebody in need, somebody who's been down and out, Then that's the type of person I'm going to trust and I'm going to raise up on an anoint and I'm going to use. I'm going to take the stink away. I'm going to put the presence of my glory on. Mm. Acts 13 22. I have found. Can you imagine God saying that over us? I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, a man after my own heart who will do my will. He tr- he's interested in my will. He's interested in hosting me. He's interested in blessing me. He's interested in loving me. He's, he, he's not afraid. Listen to me. I found David a son. There's a lot of talk about what's going on today. There's a lot of talk about politics. There's a lot of talk about this nation. I got something to show you next week about the nation. There's a lot of talk about this and a lot of talk about that. But there's something I found out about David. I found out all through the Psalms that when the nation was at the lowest point, God always finds his. Man, and God always finds his woman. When the nation was going after other gods and the temple was torn down, God still was able to raise up a man and God was able to raise up a woman and God was able to raise up a people that even in the midst, when it looked like things were crumbling and falling down, even in the midst of hard times, God could still find his man and his woman. They may be hiding, they may be praying, they may be worshiping, they may be doing something insignificant, they may be changing tires at some place. But God says, I'm going to find my man who's stolen my heart and I have. A, he he's allowed me to steal his and I'm going to raise them up with my own heart which means he's going to have intimacy a relationship with me and he's going to be willing to do my will amen I had some more stuff here but let me go on with this host is presence the word host it means one who receives and entertains a guest listen as when, we, when we go through this I want you to see this this is where we want to go as a church this church is about the audience of one Jesus Christ Thank God for the lost. Thank God for the sinners. Thank God for the saints. Thank God that we can come together. But what are we coming together for? Well, first and most all, we got to be coming together for Jesus. We got to be coming together to anoint His feet, that He's come and He's been able to say, "I have found a place that worship me in spirit and in truth." I have found people that they're not here because their names are upon a roll, and they're singing when the roll is called up yonder. I'll be there. I want some people praising me and worshiping me now for who I am and what I can do. I want some people to be worshiping me in spirit and in truth. I want some people who want to go beyond the norm and. Go into the supernatural and believe in me and things they've never seen or heard of or things they've even doubted because I'm a God of the un- invisible, unlimited, surpassing power of anyone's understanding. That's what God is looking for. Yeah. I have found David. I have found those who will host me. It means a person or a place that hold an event where the one is invited. Holy Spirit, Father, Son, all Or volunteers for Jesus to come. Listen what the word host means in the definition. In the dictionary it means. A place where living things are found. Come on can I hear an amen. The word host. A place where living sacrifices. Living praises are found. Hallelujah. It means to act as a host. It means to welcome in. It means a crowd, a flock, a mob, an army, a congregation. And it means a gathering. It's of host. Now, there's some things I want to share with you quickly. Out of Psalms 84, verse 1 and 2, it says, How lovely is your dwelling place. How many of you know, to better say, some place is lovely, you've had to have a visit there. David wasn't raptured, but there were some times when he was singing. There were some times when he was playing. There was some times he was worshiping, even before a king who wanted to kill him, that the evil spirits would leave, because there was something in the praise and the power of the worship at that moment. And he was able to say, how lovely is your dwelling place, because he's been there. He's experienced it, and it was intimate to him. And he says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter into the courts of the Lord. Listen to this. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully for the living God. Listen to me, church. This is, that longing, that's intense. It's something we've got to get back. It's intense, and I'll get back to that in a minute. The message translation says, I've always longed, to live in a place like this. That's where you're going. I've always wanted to feel the presence of God like this. I've always wanted to see signs, wonders and miracles like this. I've always wanted to sense the presence of God like this. I've always wanted to see the lost saved like this. I've always wanted to experience a water baptism. where the Spirit of God fell. And people were being touched by the Spirit of God. I've always wanted to be in a place like this. It was so intense. I've dreamed of this place. Always dreamed. Listen to what he says. I've always dreamed of a room in your house where I could sing for joy to God alive. You stole my heart. You stole my heart. Now I want to share with you something. That word my heart longs, that word my heart yearns, is powerful. Sister Marilyn here has a son who's in a Marine. He rides on top of those gun, those jeeps with a gun, 50 caliber. And sometimes she's seen pictures of him go over 48 hours without sleeping, right? The eyes glazed over. He's coming home next month. Let me ask you something, Mom. How many times, especially when he first left the first few weeks and months, how hard was it when he left? You couldn't say his name without crying. How how much did you want to hug him, hold him, touch his hair, rub his shoulders, rub his back? How much? That's what David used there for the word longing and yearn. It's the word used when a mother has had her child stolen from her and she longs to get him back. It's the word of the father of the prodigal son who longed to have his son back no matter what. That's how intense, that's how much God had stole David's heart That he says, I long to be with God and to sing in his courts or host the Lord in his temple like a father or mother longs to be with their child. My my wife and I remember, you remember boot camp because our son, he's not in Afghanistan, he's in Florida. But he's off tomorrow and a few days. So guess what? We're going to meet him halfway tomorrow. We're leaving in the morning, going to meet him. So mama can, like mama says, so she can have her touch. Just rub his back, play with his ear and rub his hair. That longing never leaves you, no matter how old they are. Well, listen, why do we allow the longing for God's presence to leave us? No matter how long we've been saved. No matter how upset we are. No matter how mad we are. The longing for God, the longing as a wife, just buried her husband or her child and she's wanting her husband back. She's having to clean out his closet. She's having to clean the child's closet out of the clothes because the the child is gone and she's longing to have her child back. That's how intense and desperate David was and that's why David had God's heart. If you love Israel, that's how bad Israel wants the temple back. According to the Hebrews, this is what they say. The predators have taken the place and built a mosque on top of what once was the Holy of Holies. We want it back. They stand before that wall. And they yearn and they long in prayer. We want the temple back, oh God. We want the temple back. How Desperate are we for the presence of God in this place to be able to be called a church that hosts God. That's what it's about. To feel uncontrollable desire, the host of the Lord. He says, my flesh, all my physical powers are completely overwhelmed when I get close to you. Look at this right here. It says in Psalms 35 verse 10, everybody with trouble in your bones, listen to what it says here. With every bone in my body. You see, David went deeper than head knowledge. David went deeper than emotions and feelings. He says, like Ezekiel, Jeremiah says, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I've been in the presence of God and I have been saturated with something that goes beyond human reasoning. I have been singing and rejoicing and praying and fasting and living in the Word of God to where there's something that's going on beyond my feelings. My flesh doesn't matter anymore. My feelings don't matter anymore. There's something that has gotten so deep on the inside of me that at night I wake up and my body's shaking and I can't go to sleep and there's a fire on the inside of me. And every time I say, you know what, I'm just going to give up. It doesn't seem to quit. I keep hearing more and more people that aren't having results. So why do I keep believe in God for results, but yet there's something down inside of you because you walked with Him at one time, and you know that there's something real inside of you, and when you say, I'm just going to quit, I'm just going to go through the emotions like everybody else, after all, they get away with just going through the motions, but you know that there's something, all of a sudden you feel that you say that, you think that, but there's something that starts spurring up inside of you and you start crying out, my God, my God it doesn't matter what I haven't gotten it doesn't matter what prayers have not been answered it doesn't matter what other people are doing all I know is that there's a fire deep down on the, in my bones all oh, my bones praise you my soul praise you, my love praise you, my heart praise you my feelings praise you, all that's within you praise, all that's within me praises you, with every bone in my body I will praise you Lord who can compare to you who else rescues the helpless from the strong and who else protects the helpless and the poor from those who rob you know the Buddhists and all them other freaks they say that if you just get in your little stance and you do your little hum, 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 that you get your body, your soul, and your spirit as one. But I start thinking about them little bald headed monks. I like kung fu movies. And them little monks, you know, they get their spirit, their soul, and their body, and they're doing their little hum, hum, and they got their little bald heads and their little things and their little beads, and they're all, they're all into tranquility and peace. But watch the kung fu movies. Those little things get mad. <laughs> they walk around all day. Mm, but get them mad. They're doing the tiger. They're doing the dragon. They're doing, they're doing all this type of stuff. Something's wrong there. But there's a principle that David is saying right here. When I get into worship, my body and my soul doesn't get aligned with me because I'm, I'm a mess. My body, my mind, and my spirit gets in line with God's spirit. The high power is not something in you. The high power is he who is everywhere at all times. And he's all things. And when your spirit and your body and your soul gets together, that's where reformation takes place. Amen. Now I want you to see something here. David goes on explaining in Psalms 84 verse 3. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow builds her nest and raises the young at a place near your altar, O Lord of heaven's armies, my King and my God. Now I did some studying about this and there's some things I want to show you that this is so good. First of all, he's talking about those who are wondering and those who are backslidden in life are always welcomed back into the presence of God. Those who have disconnected with God in life There's healing for you in reconnection. You can find a home in the Spirit. But what's interesting, listen to this. He mentions the sparrow and the swallow. Let me share something that I've read in some Hebrew books. About 20-something rabbis got together and have been studying this for years. And this is what they bring up because it was written by Hebrews, understood by Hebrew mindset. So we got to understand this. The sparrow and the swallow, they, they mate for life like the dove does. And listen to this. They will not lay eggs in another nest except that one nest they built even though they've had baby eggs destroyed in the past. They're understanding something here that we don't always get. What they're saying is Israel has been raped and molested and robbed and plundered. But Israel keeps coming back to God and God keeps accepting them back. And what this is talking about here is that you might have been molested and you might have been abused and you might have been hurt. You might have been chased, chased out of a home where you lived, out of a marriage, out of a relationship, out of family. But God is saying, I'll always receive you. Others may have rejected you, but I'll always receive you. And there's something else interesting that it talks here. It says, and, and they raised their young in the place near your altar. Now listen how smart these birds are. Guess what's at the altar? Offerings of seed and grain. A bird, these birds in captivity do not sing, but when they are free, by the altar they sing and king david walks into the uh, to worship before the ark of the lord one day and as as he's worshiping he hears these birds singing and as these birds right here and he's watching them and when the priests are turning their back the mother birds swoop down grab the seeds grab the grain and go back to their babies and feed them from the the a provision on the altar david is saying here the reason i worship the lord is not only am i free from fear free from free from insecurity free from failure but I can sing because I'm free. There's provision because I'm free. There's covering at the ark because I'm free. There's provision in the presence of God. And he goes on to sing. What joy for those who can live in your house. Come on, who can live in your house always, always singing your praises. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Listen to what he goes on to say here. They will continue. Somebody shout out, continue. To grow stronger and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. You know what this is saying? We wonder why aren't things working in our lives? It's because we do a lot of stop and going. He uses the words always and continually. Let his praises continually be in my mouth. You know what's going on here? He says you'll grow stronger. That means if you give out of your energy and your strength and your praise to God, whatever you give out, more will come upon you. He's saying you're going to hit the wall, or in other words, you're going to get your second wind. When you feel like you can't go no more, you just keep praising. When you, you just don't listen. To now, this is what David's saying. Don't you stop praising when you leave church. Don't leave church and go home and put on Hank Williams and think that things are going to change. No, don't stop praising the Lord. Put you some worship on when you leave home. Keep in an atmosphere of worship and praise. If you will keep an atmosphere of worship and praise, you will build your house by the ark. He's saying this ain't no stop and go. Last night you were drunk with the Mardi Gras, and today in your church praising God. David is saying that don't go. That don't work. That's not God's way. You can't expect to go from strength to strength when you're going from hell every week, hell to heaven. He's saying, get in heaven and stay there. Move into the realm of the spirit. Amen. Now you may be mad at me, but guess what? If you want to go to heaven, you got to forgive me. (laughs) They grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Now look at this. Spiritual development. And look upon the face of your anointed. Now look what David is saying here. Watch this. Listen, listen. This is where we're going. I'm going to keep worshiping you. Until the day that I see you face to face. I worship you like I'm already there. But I know one day my eyes are going to actually see you. So I'm going to worship you as if I'm already there. Because I know one day I'm going to be there. I'm coming to church. Not to hear how good they do. I'm coming to church to do as good as I can do. Because one day I'm going to see him. So I need to see him now as if I'm already seeing him. You hear me, church? That's what worship's all about. Look what David said. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper. That word doorkeeper, host. I'd rather be a host in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. See, if something's pulling you towards the world, you ain't got a taste of God. You've eaten too much Mardi Gras bread. You've done swallow that little baby that's in the middle of that bread. You done gone crazy with them beads. For they dwell in the hearts of wickedness, the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God, Lord God is a sun and a shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he hold from those who walk uprightly, worship and praise. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Wow, that's the word of God. That's the word of God. Trust in you worship you, praising him. That's what he's talking about there. He said, I'd rather be a host. That word host also means to receive and to show love to a guest. Guess what? Look at this. You know the scripture, Hebrews 13 2. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some who have done this have entertained or hosted angels without realizing it. You know, sometimes if there has not been, they may be angels that come in here and sit right next to you. And they go, hi, how you doing? They may have dreads and they may be barefoot. And they may go, isn't it great today? And you may go, ooh. And they may be an angel with dreads and flip-flops. Be careful. And so if he's telling us be careful about who we host and how we host, that we may be hosting angels without knowing it. How many know we may be hosting God without knowing it too? And didn't he say he inhabits in the praises of his people? I got to hurry up here, don't I? Right quick, Mr. G right here says, He is my host, and also serves as a host to the whole church. That's his heart. Now, quickly, I got to go through this. Now, here it talks about. uh, uh, Here is uh, what did I call these guys? I got it written down in Hebrew uh, how to say their names, but I'm just going to say Obi Wan Kenobi. (laughs) And and and, uh, and the Jedi were doorkeepers at the Ark. It keeps on talking about these guys who were priests to blow the trumpet before the Ark of the Lord. And here's Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and Jedi. We're doorkeepers for the Ark. You see it there? There's the last part of it. Let me tell you something about, let me tell you something about these guys. There were four... Listen to this. There were four guys who were gatekeepers before the Ark. Let me tell you about something. Remember I told y'all a few weeks ago, the Spirit of God told me to tell you that if you're in this church and you feel like you're betraying your denomination to get over it because you're not betraying a denomination because no denomination, not even this church owns you, you belong to the body of Jesus Christ. And I told you, do not feel like you're betraying your denomination if we do things a little different and we don't have a little thing, St. Hutch is in attendance and Sunday school and all that like everybody else does and we got lights and we're a little different. Not to be... Well, let me tell you something about this guy right here. This guy right here, Baraka, whatever his name is, he was Saul's blood kin. And when David went to Ziglag, he was he left the bloodhood of the king to join the bloodhood of David. He said, You call it betrayal, and you kill me just like you want to kill David. But I found something. Guess what? These guys all had in common. They all had experienced the presence of the ark. This guy here, Obededom, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, this guy right here. Do y'all remember reading about him? Do you know who he was? It was his house where the ark was before David went to fetch it. And guess what, Obi-Wan Kenobi said? If you take the ark, you gotta take me. I ain't living without this presence. You didn't let me get addicted to the presence of Shaddai To take it away from me So you if you're gonna, you gonna, you had it in my house You could have my house but take me I want to live near the ark I don't want to stop living near the presence of God He stole my heart The presence of God has stole my heart And all of these men played before the ark As they brought it up to Jerusalem When David was dancing before the Lord All these men were playing trumpets And carrying the ark And when they brought it and they put it down in the temple They said King David we want to stay we want to be a host to the ark of the Lord we want to be in the presence don't take us away from the presence of God and these men lived all of their lives guarding the presence of the ark don't take the presence from me don't take the presence from me I've got so much I've got to pass up here the day of Pentecost there's a sound that came mighty from heaven but look this is the scripture Oh, look at this. I'm having to go through all this. It's a good thing for y'all. I am. That's what it says here. This is the scripture for word of grace. This is the scripture. God brought me to a new scripture. As they listened, this is talking about people who come off the street, people who come from other churches, people who come out of drastic situations. As they listened, their secret thoughts will be exposed. And they will fall to their knees and worship God declaring God is truly here among you. That's what we want to be about. God give us the grace and give us the fire and give us revival to where people could come in here. And even though the word cuts like a knife. And even though secret things are exposed, you still feel loved and accepted and know that don't leave because you're being exposed. Fall on your knees and worship God. And while you worship God, the spirit of love and the spirit of grace comes upon you and starts tearing down the shackles and the chains that have been holding you down. I rewrote the definition for Sinla. I wrote Sinla. And the new definition for sinless, Christ exalted now loud and activated. Christ exalted now loud and activated so that people will come here and know these people are serious. These people mean it. These people truly love God and love our city. These people truly want to see God move in our presence. But one of the things... Baron, come get ready to play, son. One of the things I want to share with you about what happens when the sound of a mighty rushing wind comes. I didn't get to stay on there long today. I didn't even get to go there. Let me share three things to be careful of. It says that when the Spirit of God fell like a mighty rushing wind, they were amazed, they marveled, but they also rejected. Those are three things that happen when the sound that God's wanting to raise for the glory cloud over central Louisiana. People will be amazed because when God comes in, miracles come in. Signs and wonders come in. When the worship gets to that level and there's an open heaven, there's all these different things that start happening. But watch out. People will be amazed. People will be marveled. But there'll be those who will reject it. Oh, they're just drunk. Oh, that, that's just do not right. That's not working. Let me share something with you. The thing we've got to be careful about. We can't reject the moving of the Spirit of God. If you're in your home and you got praise going and you start experiencing something you've ever experienced before, don't get scared and don't stop. Just keep going. Say, Lord, I've been praising you and I know the devil ain't in here. So whatever's happening, I'm going to let it happen. And I don't ask you to explain it to me. I just know, ooh, it feels good. (laughs) I just know that this is something I've never felt before. I know that this joy... It's something that's coming. I I feel it right now. (laughs) This joy is not man-made. It's not something I'm conjured up. I'm amazed and I'm marveling at the presence of God because there's a sound. And God has chosen central Louisiana to be a birthing place for the tabernacle of David to be restored. God has chosen to put the glory over our area to see signs and wonders and people running to be able to say God you are truly here in this place come on stand up God you are truly here in this place God you are truly here in this place we desire we desire a move we desire you to be magnified we desire you to to move among us and touch lives I don't know about you church, but I don't, I just, I, I'm not going to do church. I've seen too many revivals in Central and South America. We've seen too many things to say, well, let's just saddle down. You know, you can go to Lifeway and you could buy a book for the whole year. It's for preachers. They'll give you Sunday morning's message with the hymns you're supposed to sing and the it. They'll give you Sunday night's message with the Scriptures, the offering, and the hymns. They'll give you Wednesday night's message with offering and the hymns. It's all written out. All you have to do is just preach what's in the book. And they give you the date and they give it to you for every service. So that a preacher can go play golf and preachers can just do whatever they want to do and do what the people want them to do. Because after all, they don't have to study. Everything's written out for them. They just download it and there it is. I'd rather die. I'd rather die than yield to letting man put words in my mouth and not the Holy Spirit of the divineness of the Godhead put words in my heart and my mouth. Because one, he's worth it all and two, he says you're worth it all to give you the fresh word from the throne the book of Acts they spent their time in prayer and study of the word because it was time for a revival it was time for a move of God and there was a church of Jesus Christ to be built and God has called us to pray to study not to copy not to be like other other people to be who we're called to be For you to be who you're called to be. For me to be who I'm called to be. And I want to encourage you today. Search your hearts and cry out to God. If I don't long for you, Father, stir me up, Holy Spirit, to long for you. As a mother longs to see her son, has not seen her in in, in, in over a year. has Has not seen him, has not held him, but longs for her child. I need to long for God every day like that. Now, you can't make it happen. But Holy Spirit in you can. And you have the Holy Spirit of God. He says, I'd rather dwell in one day in your courts than the tents of wickedness. Let me share something with you. Let, let me says, I've made you mad, let me make you mad again. He's saying, just because one of them country western guys on the radio sing a hymn now and then, and they go, Man upstairs knows. they're living like a whore and they're living like a pagan addict don't mean they're a Christian don't be following the sound of the world from their tents don't be following the wicked sound even though they sing a good song now and then but their lives contradict what the word says they can say you know one day the good Lord will all be for him not living like that you won't he's holy he's just he's pure and he's righteous there's a sound that would get into the body and cause the spirit of God to be drained out of us we have to keep the sound of glory revived we have worship going in this auto, in, in this church building Oh, on the halls we got worship going 24 hours a day you can drive under that and you'll hear the worship going. We got worship going all the time. We had a, we had a Muslim mosque on the other, that bought that cabin over there on the other side of the hotel. They bought that Muslim. We found out it was a Muslim mosque, one of them that's registered in central Louisiana. We turned our speakers on out loud and, and, and Sister Terry gave us some worship in Arabic. And we put it on. We had those speakers facing that mosque and we put it 24 hours a day. It was singing about Jesus in Arabic and who knows what else you know what? They put the place up for sale and they got out. They're not there. In a month, one, two, three months, in no time at all, when we started playing worship, the Muslims left. Now we don't hate them, but I ain't going to share a hill with them. This is the hill of the Lord. We're a light on a hill. And they deny the resurrection, the, they deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Muhammad, is nothing but a bag of bones in the ground. Jesus Christ is King and Lord upon the throne forever and ever. And that's who we worship. And that's who we adore. That's who we bow before. There's power in worship. There's power in praise. There's glory in the presence of God. That's that spirit of David that wants to come alive on the inside of you. I ask you to bow your head. Close your eyes. I know the time has gone by. But we still have to 6 o'clock before our next service. If you're here today, you might have experienced church and you might have experienced religion, but you heard Jesus preach today. It's about Him. And you don't know Him. Your life is not right with Him. You know your life is not pleasing to Him. And I want to invite you right there where you are just to raise your hands. I want you to raise your hands and say, I need Jesus in my life. I need to be forgiven of my sins. I need mercy. I need to come back to him. I'm like that bird. God bless you, sir. I'm like that bird that's lost his way and I've gone off another direction. But I want to come back home. Is there anyone else today? God bless you, sis. I see your hand. Anyone else today? Raise your hand right where you are. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. Oh, more hands over here. God bless you. God bless you. Crying out for the mercy and grace of God. As you raise your hands, would you please come? We've got people who's gonna stand with you. We're gonna pray. We're gonna give you some materials and we're gonna lead you into a prayer of rededication and salvation for your life. Because this is the most important decision, the most important thing you can do with your life is get your life ready with the one who one day face, you will see. So please, if you raise your hand, come now. There was about five, six, seven people right here in this area, raise their hand. Come now, come together. If you've got friends, bring them with you so you don't feel like you're by yourself. Uh, Christians, be praying, be praying, be praying. Thank you, sir. Come, come, sis. Thank you. Yes, you raised your hand. Come. anyone else you raised your hand. come and stand up here God bless you God bless you come and stand right here come on let's give the Lord praise as they're coming for you let's give the Lord praise stand right here God bless you dear God bless you just come and stand right here as we get ready to walk these people to the throne room anyone else today you know you got your gift to your life right with Christ you know you've Zigzagged and you failed along the side, but you want to come back home. Come on, this is your home. God dwells here among us. He wants to rescue you, He wants to free you, He wants to cleanse you, He wants to save you today. Anyone else, anyone else today at all? Anyone else? Anyone else? I ask you all, would you bow your heads? Those standing up here, would you put your hands upon your heart, please? Just put your hands upon your heart. Believe with your heart Confess with your mouth You shall be saved Won't you repeat this prayer with me But would everybody Please repeat with me Dear Heavenly Father In the name of Jesus I come before you Forgive me For my hardness Coldness Indifference And sin Forgive me For all areas Of rebellion I lay myself at your feet And I give you my heart, take it, it's yours I give you my life, take it, it's yours And Jesus, I receive you into my heart as my Lord and my Savior Holy Spirit, I receive you as my infiller, as my comforter And the manifestation Of heaven in me And Father I call you Father For I am accepted In your Son Christ Thank you Lord I am saved I am filled I am forgiven And I am delivered In Jesus name Amen Come on let's praise God Oh hallelujah Hallelujah Let's praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Lord, bless these people. Cover them. New beginnings. Restoration. Restoration. New beginnings. Wipe every tear. Heal their hearts. Heal their lives. Fill them with your spirit, O Lord. Baptize them in your Holy Ghost. Baptize them in your fire. Baptize them in your presence. Baptize them in your peace. Baptize them in your comfort. Seal them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, were you blessed today? Yes. Do you still love me? Yes. Are you coming back next Sunday? Yes. Well, praise God. We love you. We bless you. And Brother Jake, he'll dismiss us. See you tonight, 6 o'clock.